When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Evidence Law Made Easy podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about one of the most fundamental concepts in evidence, relevance. Relevance is crucial to understand for the bar exam, so make sure to take good notes on this topic. Let's dive in. Relevance defined. First, what exactly is relevance? Evidence is relevant if it has any tendency to make a fact that is important to the case more or less probable than it would be without the evidence. In other words, For evidence to be relevant, it has to help prove or disprove a fact that matters to the ultimate issue in the case. The key question is always, does this evidence have any bearing on making any material fact more or less likely? If the answer is yes, the evidence meets the test for legal relevance. To break this down further, relevance has two essential components. First, the evidence must relate to a fact that is material to the case. And second, the evidence must alter the probability that the material fact is true or not. Let's unpack each of these components. Material fact. For evidence to be relevant, it must relate to a material fact. A material fact is a fact that is important to determining the outcome of the case. For example, in a murder case, whether the defendant was the one who killed the victim is a material fact. So any evidence that makes it more or less likely that the defendant was the killer would relate to a material fact. Evidence that the defendant's fingerprints were on the murder weapon makes it more likely they were the killer. This evidence would be relevant because it relates to the material question of whether the defendant committed the murder. On the other hand, what the defendant ate for breakfast the day of the murder does not relate to a material fact. Unless the breakfast somehow connects the defendant to the crime, what they ate is irrelevant to the case. Altering Probabilities The second key aspect of relevance is that the evidence must alter the probability that a material fact is true or not true. In other words, the evidence has to make a material fact of consequence slightly more or less probable than it would be without that evidence. Importantly, the evidence does not have to conclusively prove a material fact. It simply needs to influence the likelihood one way or another. Even a slight alteration in probability satisfies the relevance test. For example, Testimony that the defendant threatened the victim a week before the murder makes it somewhat more probable that the defendant committed the murder. Even though the threat alone doesn't prove the defendant's guilt, it satisfies the low bar for being relevant evidence. On the other hand, evidence that does not alter probabilities at all would fail the relevance test. For instance, testimony that the defendant went grocery shopping the day after the murder does not make it more or less likely that they committed the murder. Therefore, it would be irrelevant. Burden of proof. It's also worth noting that the burden of proof affects relevance determinations. In a civil case requiring a preponderance of evidence, the relevance standard is lower than for a criminal case requiring proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Evidence that only slightly alters the probability of a fact could be relevant in a civil case with a lower burden of proof. But that same evidence might be considered too speculative in a criminal case with a higher burden of proof. In summary, Evidence is relevant if it relates to a material fact in the case and alters the probability that the fact is true or false. This two-pronged test provides judges with a framework for making relevance determinations. Determining relevance. 
So how do courts determine if a particular piece of evidence is legally relevant to the case? Well, it's important to keep in mind that the standard for relevance is very low. The evidence doesn't have to definitively prove a fact, it just has to alter the probability for or against that fact even a little bit. When evaluating relevance, courts look at both the substance of the evidence itself as well as the issues and facts to be proven in the case. The key question is always, does this evidence have any logical relationship or connection to the material facts we need to prove here? There are several steps courts take in analyzing whether evidence meets the relevance standard. Identify the material facts. First, the court needs to identify the material facts of consequence in the case. These are the ultimate facts that must be proven or disproven to decide the case. For example, in a breach of contract case, the material facts would be whether a contract existed and whether the defendant breached the terms. Consider the substance of the evidence. Next, the judge considers the substance and content of the specific evidence being proposed. This includes assessing what facts the evidence tends to prove or disprove. For example, a witness statement may tend to show that the parties negotiated an agreement. Logical connection test. Here the court asks, does this evidence logically relate to and affect the probability of any of the material facts we need to prove or disprove? Is there a logical relationship or connection between what this evidence tends to show and the ultimate facts at issue in the case? Even a modest logical connection can satisfy the low relevance threshold. There does not need to be a perfect match between the evidence and a material fact. Burden of proof. The degree to which evidence alters probabilities can depend on the burden of proof. As discussed earlier, a lower burden in civil cases means less is required to satisfy relevance compared to criminal cases requiring proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Reasonable inferences. Courts may draw reasonable inferences about the evidence when evaluating relevance. Evidence itself does not have to conclusively establish a fact to be relevant, reasonable inferences derived from the evidence can also establish relevance. For example, let's apply these concepts to an example. Suppose the dispute is whether the defendant was driving recklessly in a car accident case. The material fact to be proven is reckless driving. A video showing the defendant texting while driving shortly before the accident would be relevant. While not definitive, it makes reckless driving more probable based on the reasonable inference that texting while driving is reckless behavior. Even though the video does not directly and conclusively prove reckless driving, it meets the low bar for relevance because it indirectly makes that material fact more probable. In summary, the relevance evaluation requires carefully considering both the evidence itself and its logical relationship to the material facts in dispute. Even a modest connection that merely alters probabilities can satisfy this threshold inquiry. Excluding irrelevant evidence. Okay, so now we know how courts determine if evidence is relevant. But what happens if evidence is found to be irrelevant? The basic rule is that irrelevant evidence will be excluded from the case and the jury cannot hear it. This helps to avoid jury confusion and wasted time on facts that just aren't important. There are several steps involved in objecting to evidence as irrelevant and having it excluded. Objection. First, when irrelevant evidence is introduced, the opposing attorney must make a timely objection. This is typically phrased as objection, irrelevant. Or objection, this evidence is irrelevant. The objection should be made as soon as possible after the evidence is presented. Waiting too long may result in a waiver of the right to object. Offer of proof. After the objection, the attorney seeking to introduce the evidence will often make an offer of proof. 
This is an explanation of what they believe the evidence tends to prove and why they think it is relevant. This allows the judge to better evaluate the potential relevance of the evidence when deciding whether to exclude it. Argument The attorney who objected will then argue why the evidence is irrelevant. They should explain how the evidence has no logical connection or bearing on any of the material facts in the case. It is key to tie the irrelevance argument directly to the factual issues in dispute. You cannot simply assert that evidence is irrelevant without showing why it does not relate to the specific facts to be proven. Judge's Ruling The judge will then rule on whether the objected to evidence is relevant or irrelevant. If the judge agrees that the evidence lacks any probative value to a material fact, they will sustain the objection and exclude the evidence. If the judge believes reasonable minds could differ on the relevance of the evidence, they may allow it, leaving it to the jury to decide what weight to give the evidence. Jury Instruction If evidence is excluded as irrelevant, the judge may instruct the jury not to consider it. The judge will usually explain that they determined the evidence was not legally relevant and therefore the jury cannot factor it into their deliberations. Record for Appeal Excluding evidence can raise appeal issues, so it's important to ensure that the full record related to the objection and exclusion is preserved. This includes the actual evidence, arguments by counsel, and the judge's ruling. Harmless Error On appeal, exclusion of evidence will only warrant reversal if it was not harmless error. The court must find that the exclusion had an impact on the case outcome. Minor irrelevant evidence may not meet that threshold. Why exclude? Excluding irrelevant evidence serves several important purposes. Prevents jury confusion by avoiding evidence that does not matter to the issues. Keeps the trial focused on the material facts to be proven. Saves significant time at trial by excluding tangents. Reinforces burden of proof by keeping evidence centered on facts to be proven. Overall, excluding irrelevant evidence helps streamline trials, sharpen the focus on disputed issues, and prevent improper bias from immaterial facts. Following the proper steps to object and exclude is key to effective advocacy. That wraps up the main considerations when objecting to evidence as irrelevant and having it excluded from trial. It's an important tool for steering the fact finder away from unimportant tangents. And that wraps up our overview of relevance in evidence law. Tune in next time when we cover character evidence and exceptions to the ban on character evidence. Until then, happy studying and keep prepping for evidence on the bar.